Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I am going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 279, I have the privilege of introducing you to one of my real life friends, Kelsey Phillips. Actually, it wasn't the first time. It was just the first time I recognized that that was the voice of the Lord. He had been speaking to me a long time. I just didn't know that was him. And he spoke to me in many different ways. And when you have an encounter like that, when he speaks to these places that are so deep and he's helping you heal wounds that are so far back and he is breaking you free of chains that are so heavy and hard and real, Um, and he's giving you pictures that only he could give you, that changes your relationship forever. And you don't ever want to go back to a place where you don't have that. Because when he speaks, it is good, it is true, it is life-giving, it is peaceful, it is loving, it is kind. Hey, y'all, I have invited my friend Kelsey to come on the show and talk about a topic I've been wanting to highlight for some time. You've heard me share here and there if you listen to the show for a while about my own prayer journey. And I felt like it was time to have an episode directed specifically on listening to the Lord and what does that entail? And so when I thought of that, I immediately thought of my friend Kelsey because she is part of my school community. She presented on this topic to our community and a parent education seminar. And I just respect her knowledge of God's word and her experience and how listening to the Lord has impacted her marriage, her parenting, her friendships, and her ministry. And ultimately, the goal of what we're sharing today is to spread the gospel. And I'm hoping in the next few months to continue to add to our prayer toolbox so that we are equipped because this is for sure times when as believers, we don't need to be shrinking back, but emboldened and equipped for the ministry God has for us. And prayer is not the last thing. Let's just pray. It is the first thing. And this particular type of prayer is us kind of tuning out the world and tuning in and aligning ourselves with God. And so my prayer is that it only helps you in this season of pandemic to do that. I know that for me, it is really hard the last couple of weeks to find quiet space. I'm not finding it. I have to make it, but I know my soul needs it. So if that's you, just hear me out that I get it. So Kelsey and I spend time at the end of the episode brainstorming ways to make space to listen. And I love the idea Kelsey shares. All right, let's get right to the interview. Here we go. Hey, Kelsey, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, Heather. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You know, it's kind of like us sitting across from each other at Jersey Mike's talking about Jesus and the Holy (laughs) Spirit, but but separate because we are all choosing to distance ourselves physically so that we can keep more people healthy. And, you know, I told you our lineup for what the podcast had in store looks different. Everything's a little bit disruptive in our lives. And I felt an impression on my spirit that in this time when we have time, there's this wooing of God to his people to spend more time in his presence, to listen to him. And 
I've kind of encouraged moms along that line throughout the podcast, especially moms of young children who are home a lot and there's so much going on. It feels counterintuitive. I don't ever have quiet time. Why, how could I spend time with God? And <laughs> right. just, you know, you remember oh, you have three goodness. young kids yes. um, close together and yet that's the thing that gives us the life to be able to keep going. And Mm -hmm. particularly now when we're all on top of each other in our homes and stress is high, financial stress, uh, we're just, or fears are high. God wants to say something to us and yet we're not, we're choosing distraction over him. And so I, I know you and I've been in community a long time. I trust you as an awesome teacher of God's word and just a friend who is walking out um, what we're going to talk about today. And so I'm honored to get to share you with people, but take us back. You didn't always lean on listening to the Lord, even know this was an option. What, what did life look like prior to learning about this? Well, I think my journey of listening to the Lord has just evolved and changed and matured over time in the beautiful, graceful, generous, patient ways the Lord grows us in all of the areas of our lives. And so I would say, I, you know, growing up in the church, one of the first ways I learned to listen to the Lord was through His Scripture, because that is the first and foremost primary way He speaks to us. And so I think all the different churches and denominations I've been a part of have done a beautiful job of just taking me to Scripture because it is living and active, it is eternal, it is life-giving, and it is the primary way He speaks to us. So that has been probably my most traditional way of hearing from the Lord and listening to Him is through His Scripture. And then over time, I started noticing I would get these nudges. I don't know if you know what I mean by the Holy Spirit nudges, yeah. uh, nudge to do something or to not do something. And I started connecting that. And I felt like he was growing me in that sense, that those were Holy Spirit nudges, either nudges of conviction or nudges to do something. So I started connecting to that and I started listening to those. And I, I really started realizing those were the Holy Spirit little um, God winks or nudges for me. And then as time passed, I just noticed other people were starting to say things that were lining up with what I was studying or what I was reading in scripture. And I started to hear him speak to me through other people. And that was exciting. That started to really expand my view and my, my understanding of how he speaks because he speaks in so many different ways. I'm learning through the Bible, through scripture, through other people. And then recently, I would say in the last three or four years, he just I mean, the floodgates have been open to me just hearing his voice. And this was something I just, I guess over time, I never was open to. I don't know why. Um, It could have been based out of my unbelief. It could have been based out of my theology. Um, I'm not sure where it was technically rooted, but I didn't ever pursue listening to his voice. And when you open yourself up to listen to his voice, it changes everything. And so that is where he has me now in my journey of listening to the Lord as he's moved me to this place of just hearing his voice. And it does require solitude. It does require quiet. And that is not our nature. Um, but here we are in a season where it, we are in worldwide rest. We are forced into this place of quiet. We've all had to come off of the hamster wheel 
And this has been an incredible time to allow space to listen to him about what he's doing on so many levels, on a worldwide level, national level, um, down to our hearts and in our homes. So that's kind of been my journey is I'm constantly learning how to listen to the Lord in new ways. And listening to his voice has really been super transformational for me. I mentioned you have kids. Tell everyone how old they are now and uh, introduce them a little bit. Okay, so I have three children. They are uh, 10, 9, and 8. They're very close in age. So <laughs> I'm with your yeah. sister uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. homebound with the littles at home, learning how to do the, the new distance learning homeschool thing for the indefinite future. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's busy and it is hard to create that space, uh, especially when they're little, little, and they need your attention all day, every day. You can't turn your head away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. It is hard to create that space because you just don't have much of it. Yeah. So how did you function prior to being aware of God's voice? What did it look like for you in the day in, day out of parenting and marriage? Because I'm sure there's a lot of women listening who are living that way right now who can relate. Sure. Yeah. Well, I didn't, to be totally honest, I I didn't have a lot of time to spend with the Lord. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that. And so I want to bless all of our mamas with freedom that there are seasons where we can really go all in and spend tons and tons of hours of time in prayer with him and in the word with him. And then there's times we just don't have that kind of time. But um, I will say that in the time that I had, it was very much of a one-way conversation. I don't know if that makes sense to you or to the listeners, but it was a lot of me pouring out and it was a lot of me doing the talking. It was a lot of me lamenting, a lot of me doing intercessory praying for other people, a lot of me doing the talking and which isn't bad. He invites us to to enter his throne of grace with confidence. He, He wants to hear our prayers. This is what relationship is all about. But I think that was before I really had learned to listen to his voice. And so it wasn't a two way conversation yet. So there was a sense of, although his word was rich and it was speaking to me, and although I would get nudges and God winks and people were speaking to me, there was still something that I, I wanted more. I, I wanted more. And I have found by listening to his voice, I get more of him. And it becomes a two-way conversation, which just changes every relationship when it becomes a two-way conversation. Well, and we just experienced that, right? We just spent yes, we some time <laughs> trying to connect on Zoom and I could see texts from you. I could read your words. We were chatting. And so we were communicating just like we read God's word. And, and then I was talking and you couldn't hear me. The Lord can hear us. I mean, this is not an exact, of course, right. analogy, but sure. <laughs> there's an intimacy that grew once our voices connected. Mm-hmm. And right. I heard you and you were like, oh, you know, the screaming and the, uh, you know, there is something to that. That's why I, I think, honestly, with the podcast, there's a relationship that starts to form with listeners and myself because we're listening and connecting with one another through the voice. There's something powerful there. God spoke mm. the world into being Jesus and John one and the word was with God and the, the word was God. I mean, there is something about the voice. That's and, where it all began when he spoke. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so what changed for you? You said that, you know, whether it was theology or a lack of experience or training what shifted for you that opened your heart and mind and just even experience 
to hear God's voice. Cause I know there's someone listening and they're like, that is wrong. <laughs> that is mm. not okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are heretics. God does not still speak. I mean, that was what was taught to me. So what changed for you? Well, I hit a crisis. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a mama who hits a crisis, but I, I hit a crisis. I was in a pit and I could not figure out what was going on. In fact, the pit was so deep, it started affecting my physical being. I went to five different doctors to figure out maybe if I was going through like premenopause or if I was having hormone issues or why I was having these rashes. Everybody in my house was good and healthy. My husband was doing well. My three children were thriving, uh, but I was not doing well. And I couldn't figure out if I was hitting a depression, midlife crisis. Um, How old were your kids right then? So at the, that would probably be like five, six, and seven. Okay. And I just hit a full-on crisis, kind of royal meltdown, and I cracked is what happened. And when you crack, when you hit the low of the low, when you hit the bottom of the pit, you're desperate. And when you're desperate, you'll, you'll do anything, you'll receive anything, you'll go anywhere to get help. And so the Lord led me to this wonderful couple, a missionary couple at our church who did these incredible prayer times. And I, I didn't know if I needed counseling, which I was certainly open to. I didn't know if I needed medicine, which I was certainly open to. But um, the Lord led me to this couple and they just for two hours led me through a series of really incredible different types of prayers that were new to me. I wasn't used to, but it was in that prayer time that I heard the voice of the Lord for the first time. Actually, it wasn't the first time. It was just the first time I recognized that that right. was the voice of the Lord. He had been speaking to me a long time. I just didn't know that was him. And he spoke to me in many different ways. And when you have an encounter like that, when he speaks to these places that are so deep and he's helping you heal wounds that are so far back and he is breaking you free of chains that are so heavy and hard and real, um, and he's giving you pictures that only he could give you, that changes your relationship forever. And you don't ever want to go back to a place where you don't have that. Because when he speaks, it is good, it is true, it is life-giving, it is peaceful, it is loving, it is kind. And I have learned from that prayer experience moving forward to learn and to recognize his voice, because there are a lot of voices that we're listening to. Um, the first voice that we're listening to is other people's. We hear, like I'm hearing your voice, you're hearing my voice, you hear other people's voices. The second voice that you can hear is your own voice, and that's either your external voice that obviously you're listening to now, or there's the internal voice, which are our internal thoughts, kind of that inner monologue we have going. And then the other voice that we have is the enemy's voice. Mm -hmm. and this is a voice that we don't recognize all the time, but he is a liar and he is full of condemnation and shame. And he wants us to live under this blanket of yuck and darkness. And I was thinking a lot of these thoughts and having all these things in my head. And I just didn't realize that that was the enemy's voice. He takes my inner monologue, my inner thoughts and infuses his lies. And then you start believing these lies and living out these lies and it becomes a, you become a mess. Yeah. So the enemy can speak to us. And in my opinion, if we can all acknowledge that the enemy can lie to us and speak to us, then I serve a God who's bigger than the enemy. And he conquered all that on the cross of Jesus. So I also have learned to then recognize God's voice. And he also can use that same inner monologue 
thought life and inner, just take it over. And I have learned over the last few years of just practicing, listening to him and listening to his voice and making space for it. I've just learned the texture of his voice over me. I've learned the authority of his voice and it's just different. It's my thought life, but it's not my thought life because right. his thoughts and his voice is so kind. I am so not kind in my thought life. And I know it's his voice when there's an authority to it, when there's a special texture to it. And when it's this kind, loving voice, and most of the time he's speaking scripture to me, which is so interesting, but he speaks to me. He speaks to, he knows my name. He knows my circumstances and he speaks to my circumstances. I'm reminded in First Chronicles 14, you know, David inquires of God when he's fighting the Philistines and he goes up and he's like, am I supposed to go up to Hebron? Am I not supposed to go up to Hebron? And the Lord gives him specific instructions and then he's victorious and he comes back. He's like, okay, Lord, what's next? What do I do now? And again, the Lord gives him specific instructions to him about his specific circumstance. And that's the kind of relationship I want with my God. And, you know, if he could do it for David and he did it for other people in the Bible, he talked to Samuel, he talked to Elisha, Jesus had these conversations with him, if it's biblical, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want that. And this, this crisis sent me to a place where I was finally ready to receive that. And it has just completely transformed my relationship with him by listening to his voice. And I love that this isn't like a, only allowable to super Christians. Oh gosh, right? no. <laughs> because that's what the enemy would want us to, I, I actually heard it from someone. Well, I don't want anyone to feel like you have some special relationship with God that's not available to them. And I thought that's the mm. absolute opposite of what God believes. He speaks to the outcast. <laughs> he is mm. reaching out when women were not valued the first witnesses of the resurrection were women. He is not one who just picks the super Christians and says, they're the ones who get to have intimate relationship with me. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to dispel that first mm. of all. I love that you were talking about how to differentiate those voices because I think that's part of it when people would say, well, I don't, are you hearing an audible voice, Kelsey? Are you saying that out of like sound waves are hitting your ears. And I don't know about you, but for me, and you're going to talk about the different ways he speaks, but it's not necessarily this, it's not this audible voice for me. It's a, an impression or it's a, a thought that passes through my mind mm -hmm. um, that aligns with scripture. That's not condemning. Mm -hmm. um, and all the other ways you describe gentle and, and with authority and, it's taking the moment to recognize it that matters. Oh, absolutely. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. Yes. I know them and they follow me. So anyone who is in Christ can hear his voice. This is, op this is an open invitation to all the followers of Christ. Well, and when, when we were given the Holy Spirit, when Christ rose from the dead and he said, I'm going to give you someone greater than didn't he say, you will do yes. greater things than I have done. Yes. And I'm leaving, like, no longer was it God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle. Then God's presence dwelt in Jesus. God's presence dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is listening in to the conversations in heaven and groaning on our behalf mm -hmm. if we don't have words to speak back. But it, it, right. it's this conversation 
that we get to be a part of because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's right. And I love that you mentioned that he speaks to you differently because he speaks to my husband differently. And he and I were having this breakthrough around the same time. My husband was in that meeting, that two-hour prayer meeting, and (laughs) saw all that going on. He was like, whatever that is, I want that. Yeah. So um, he and I have been on this journey and I want to just bless everybody with freedom, all the listeners with freedom that he speaks in different ways. And I mean, he speaks so many different ways. He can speak through dreams. I have two really close friends. He speaks to them in their sleep, in their dreams, and they are powerful and scriptural and true and they line up with other things. Um, He can also speak in visions and pictures. Um, He even can speak through angels. I've never had that experience, but I know he can. I mean, in the Bible, he's been through burning bushes and donkeys, and I, I certainly haven't had those experiences. But um, like for me, you know, he speaks through scripture. He speaks through that internal thinking voice. Um, he does speak to me in pictures. And sometimes he'll just give me a word that'll just like flash across my mind um, and other people. But my husband, you know, when he gets in his time with the Lord, the Lord really gives him this like sensation of peace or no mm. peace. There's this physicalness to, to my husband's hearing from the Lord. And then he'll also get just like one word. And then often he will be in his prayer time listening and the Lord will give him like scripture addresses. And he doesn't really even know what it is, but he'll go to these scripture references and he'll read it. And that's what the Lord wants to say to him that morning. And they are pretty powerful. In fact, I'll never forget one particular season, we had just been hit with something that kind of threw us both off. And I don't know if you have those moments in your marriage where you just like, what, what, what is this? This is wrecking us a little bit. So this event occurred and we didn't know what to do with it. And so one morning he just said, you know, you, you go listen and see what the Lord says to you about it. And I'm going to go listen and I'm going to see what the Lord says about it. And let's just come together and put it all on the table and, and sift through this. So he goes and has his time with the Lord and the Lord sends him to this verse in the Old Testament about a refiner's fire. And he gets the word purify. And he's getting this this idea, this piece about just not doing anything. We wanted to kind of, when this occurred, just just fight. And then the Lord was like, no, this is not a fighting moment. This is, this is you're in the fire moment. And so I, in my personal time, in a different part of the Psalms, the Lord sent me, just it happened to be that day that whatever I was reading was about a refiner's fire. And the Lord was telling me in that little internal audible voice, um, that thought life, y'all are in the middle of the fire, but do not be afraid. I am in the fire with you. And he gave me the picture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how there was someone in the fire with them. And so when we came together and I was like, okay, what'd you get? And then he's like, what'd you get? And we put all that together. Then we confirmed with each other. The Lord was showing us the same thing, different ways, you know? And that's so exciting when you hear from the Lord differently and you put it all together and then you can see so clearly what he's trying to say. And that's also the beauty of community, listening to the Lord together because he he does it differently with different people and that's good and that's okay. And that's life-giving and that's the body, you know, working together. Mm. Mm. I don't know if this is the right time, but I, I feel like that we should share a little bit of our little group. That yes. And because yes. I, I feel like as we're talking about distant social connections right now, one idea that from this group we're a part of, some moms from our school started a texting group and every week or so, we mm-hmm. would all take a moment in our week at one point in the week to listen on behalf of 
a person we designated. So let's say we'd all listen for Kelsey at some point in our week. And it was so cool when it was your turn to see how different people listening at different times and across the city were getting similar messages and reinforcing messages and uh, encouragement. Anyway, it was super cool. And to just see how they the differences, like we're going back to how they hear differently, how you and your husband hear differently. Some of them would have pictures that came to mind. Some of them would have long um, journaling and, you know, I just, and maybe it was just a word, Mm -hmm. but it all pieced together to reveal something that, I mean, we hadn't even told the people listening, will you listen for this? Right. I have this scenario. Will you listen on my behalf about this? And it was so affirming that we do have one spirit. Mm. That's right. And unity. It was amazing. I have to say that's probably one of the most exciting things to do with a a group is to have people listen for you and see the thread, the common thread Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit puts in each person. And like you said, it's different ways. It's different forms. I remember one of our friends, like there was a theme of abundance, like somewhere in everybody's listening was this theme of abundance. And it's just so, so neat. In fact, in our, in my girls' small group, um, at church, we all try to do a word for the year, whatever word for the year the Lord is um, putting on our hearts for that year for us to pursue. And one of the sweet girls in our in our group was like, I don't have a word. I don't have a word, y'all. I'm sorry. I don't have a word. And so in our time, we're like, well, let's all listen for you and see if the Lord gives us the word for you. And literally, we were going around the circle, shine, shine, glitter, light. I mean, everybody was getting a similar word in, the, in that realm. And it was like, well, girl, your word is shine. You're supposed to shine this year. And that's just so encouraging when the Spirit does that. It's just thrilling, I think. And I love that you brought that up because doing it in community is just another layer to it. Yeah. So what if someone's like, okay, I've never thought about this. I've never tried it. I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I've, I've heard people say, well, the Lord doesn't speak to me. He might Mm -hmm. speak to you, but he didn't speak to me. What would you say to them? He has been speaking to you. You just haven't recognized that that's his voice. And so there's, there are a couple of exercises that I think are very helpful to kind of jumpstart hearing his voice. Um, My church teaches a a class on prayer that does this. We partner with a a missions organization, Novo, that really helps, um, Different, learn different prayer tools for the sake of moving the gospel forward. And listening prayer is just one of the many tools. And there are uh, several exercises. I'd love to maybe walk the listeners through one of them if you are okay with that. Yeah, um, let's do it. One of the ones that we teach that's very helpful is um, called the meeting place. And we know as believers that God lives in our hearts and desires that intimacy with us. I mean, that's why he sent Jesus was to restore the relationship and the intimacy that was lost in the garden. And in this particular exercise, we find a meeting place with God. And it can either be physical, historical, or spiritual. And it's simply a place where we meet with Jesus to behold him and just to be held by him. And the way you do it, there's a few little things that you do. Um, the first one is you just create some time and space with the posture of receiving. And I think that's the difference in this kind of prayer model. When you're doing listening prayer, it's like we talked about earlier, instead of pouring out, you're waiting to receive. So you just kind of mentally shift to this posture of receiving. And then secondly, you kind of just invite the peace of God to enter your heart and mind and kind of exhale and reset. And then you ask the Lord if there's a place that he would like to meet you. You see what comes to your mind. 
And it can be a familiar place, a safe place, somewhere you have actually been, or it can be a scriptural place, like the green pastures are still waters in Psalm 23. And when you get this picture in your mind or this place in your mind, you just ask the Lord, say, what are the details about this place? Just notice what, what, what he's doing in this place. You ask him, why? Why are you bringing me here, Lord? What is significant about this place? And then you just ask him, is there something that you want to tell me or show me here in this place? And then you just write any thoughts or pictures or interactions that come to mind during this time. And every time we do this in our prayer classes, you can just see people with tears in their eyes meeting God for maybe the first time, but recognizing his voice for the first time. And it is so beautiful. And he's so specific in where he wants to take you because they're so personal and meaningful. And the things that he says and shows you are just, they're life-changing and they're things that only God would know. And so that is one way that you can just begin to posture yourself to receive from him is just going to this meeting place. And then there's one other one that's um, often used that's really helpful. And it's just asking him questions. We call them friendship questions. And in that same way of kind of creating space and asking the Lord to kind of enter your heart and mind and creating that solitude that we're going to have so much of for a long time. Um, <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> exactly. We're going to have um, isolation. We may not have uh, solitude. That's true. Yeah. We do mm-hmm. have to create that. Yeah. Um, but you just ask him questions and you start with little questions like, Lord, what do you like about me? (laughs) What do you see when you look at me? Um, Ask the Lord, what brings you pleasure about me and about our relationship? Ask him, is there something I'm carrying that I shouldn't be carrying? You can ask him, um, what desires do you have for our relationship? What are you inviting me to? Where are you working? Where do you want me to join you? Um, And there's a ton more that I can give you and we can post up. But just asking him these intimate questions and and being quiet and giving him space just to bring thoughts to your mind, scriptures to your mind, words to your mind, pictures to your mind, and just letting him cover you with his love and his grace because he loves doing that. Or his children, just like a father and mother love to pour love on their children. He wants to lavish us with his truth and his love. And I think when we are in that place, like even if if we are struggling with being home, maybe you're an introvert and you're you're thriving, you're great, but maybe we're struggling to be home or maybe we're un- doing roles that we're uncomfortable with right now. I feel like when I am centered on the truth of God's love for me and his character and his sovereignty in the midst of what seems like unstable times, my approach to my people is kinder and gentler. When I'm feeling unsettled, when I'm feeling unstable, when I am leaning on my flesh for what is good and right, then I don't treat my people well. And so making this a priority so that you can engage with your people, not like, I would say, not like a cup that's getting filled up so you can pour out because there's not a big enough cup as moms who are staying home. Isn't that the truth? There's not a big enough cup. But it's the reminder of that meeting place, of the limitless love that God has, that this ever-flowing spiritual power is in you and that 
is where you invite your people into it with you. And if you are like, I, there is no way in this season I could get quiet, alone space to even practice this, I want to give you some ideas. Um, Kelsey, maybe you have some ideas too from when you remember back to your little people stage. Definitely go check out Hello Mornings, my friend Kat. She will help give the support you need to getting a morning time, which I know if you're missing out on sleep because of young kids, that seems crazy. But what I was finding in that season was I would stay up super late. Mm-hmm. The time was there. I only needed eight hours of sleep. But instead, I would take all my free time at night. And so maybe shifting a little bit, five mm-hmm. minutes earlier, go to bed five minutes earlier, wake up five minutes earlier. It doesn't have to be huge hour chunks of time. And mm-hmm. just if, if your kids wake up, I've heard that from people. Oh, my kids are such light sleepers. If I walk downstairs or if we're on the same floor, if I start going into the kitchen to get coffee, they're going to wake up. Just sit up in your bed. Stay in your bed. You don't or have the to. toilet. I used to go to the bathroom, to the bathroom. and hide, lock go. the door. Like you can't come in these five minutes. This is my five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, and that can happen. It doesn't have to happen in the morning. That can happen in the middle of the day. They can play outside and you have your earbuds in and you have your journal out or your Bible. I mean, what? <laughs> that's not ignoring your children if you're sitting there with your Bible. That's them seeing, oh, my mom needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're seeing that you're showing them, my mom needs to have a quiet moment with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and nap time was always a time that I treasured. And so that's like, oh, that's sacred space right there. But nap time is a, is a very good time for me or was a good time for me to do that. And sometimes I would let the kids play in the garage and I would go in my car. Like I'd pull the car out of the garage and I'd go sit in my car. And like, while I could see them playing in the garage, I would be in the car. I know that's kind of crazy, but it was one of my, one of my little tips. But I loved how you said that when we are getting all that love from the Lord and, and I will say correction does come in these moments too. It's gentle and kind. It's not shame and condemnation. So I don't want any listeners to think that this is just a, a, love fest. It is, it is a true, it's uh, a realignment. I feel like it's it's a a realignment. realignment. And if we don't spend time in his presence, we get off kilter and we, we don't confess sin. We don't repent and turn back. We just keep going in our hurtful ways. And because he loves us, just like a father loves his children, he brings us back and realigns us with the truth and where we are coping incorrectly. But it's kind and it's loving and it's it's life giving. And I will say that as I have practiced this listening prayer, and I've added this kind of to my routine, I just operate in my parenting out of a place of more wholeness than more brokenness. And I, we will never be fully whole until we're in heaven. But as he heals wounds, when people hurt my feelings and I can go to him and he can walk me through what was going on and, and give me the place to, to forgive, or he can just speak affirmation to me if I'm not getting it in the places that I want it. We can operate. I'm going to steal a Christine quote. We can operate from a place of approval rather than for approval. And there's a shift in that when our identity is realigned with him and we know who we are and whose we are. Our parenting is so much kinder and gentler and easier. Um, It's much easier to operate in parenting out of a place of more wholeness than more brokenness. And so that's what this has done for me as well. And I would love, I know our time is getting close, but I would love if you would share how in your parenting it impacted how you saw one of your children, that when you listened for vision for one of your children, will you tell that? 
I would love to. So um, I have several mentors that have really encouraged me in this practice, and they have children now that are having their own children. So they've been listening to the Lord for years. And one of the things one of my mentors encouraged me to do was to get a vision for each of my kids. And I kind of tucked it away and filed it away. And then, then a crisis hit. And one of my kids was not doing very well in a specific area. And I was getting teacher phone calls and friend phone calls. And things were just getting hard with this particular child. And when that happens and you're embarrassed as a mom and you're kind of full of shame, you, you just want to shame them, to be honest. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, Lord, I, I don't want to do that. Help me, help me, help me. Oh, my mentor told me to get a vision. So Lord, give me a vision. Help me to see my kids as you see my kids so that I can operate out of a better place and help me learn how to navigate this and help her. So um, I went through each of my kids and he gave me a vision. And when I got to the, the child that was hard at the time, he gave me this incredible picture of this gorgeous flower. And it wasn't just any flower. It was this beautiful light pink peonies. And that was so meaningful to me because I love flowers. And I, even when I lived in Louisiana at one point, I had my floral license. I love flowers. They mean so much. So it was so sweet of the Lord to show me that my daughter to him looks like this beautiful blossomed, bloomed peony. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking at this picture in my mind, this flower, like it goes back to its bud state. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of different. Well, what is this? And literally, as I'm watching, I see myself going to this bud, trying to pull back the, the bud myself too early. And the Lord was showing me, your daughter looks like a beautiful blossom flower, and one day she will blossom. But right now, I'm doing some work on her, and you're getting in the way. You want her to be perfect. You want her to act perfect. You want her to be the perfect friend, the perfect student, have the perfect manners. And you're not letting her be a little girl. And yes, we will work on these little quirks and kinks and issues, but you're getting in the way. I need you to back off and let me do the work in her that I need to do. I need her to experience some failure because the gifts I've given her are going to be used for my glory, but she's got to learn to control them. And I need her to have some of these negative experiences to show her that her power can cause pain if it's used in the wrong way. And I was like, whoa, that changes everything. First, that he saw her as a beautiful flower. And second, that I was getting in the way. And there was so much freedom and release for me just to let the Lord do his work. Not that I wasn't responsible for some of the consequences and things happening, but that there was a work happening that I didn't need to be full of shame. This was a good thing. And I wanted her to walk through this and that the Lord could help me help her in that season. And slowly but surely, I'm seeing that little blossom, but we're still blossoming, you know. Um, but that was a really powerful example for me in my parenting, how the Lord um, has helped me guide. Uh, my children and see them the way he sees them. I love it a thousand, thousand times. I love it 3,000. But I love it too because in the times I've had those moments with God about my kids, it gives me confidence when I get that feedback from a teacher or a, f a friend that I can say, yeah, I see that too. And instead of taking on this unworthiness, I can testify. Mm. about God's future work and do it from a place of, yeah, I see that. That is so true. My child 
is impulsive or is doing that thing that's causing pain right now. But God has given me a vision that he put that in place for a future good. And so thank you for walking alongside us and helping refine that. And so instead of this attacking them or being defensive, it Mm -hmm. even aligns me with those people Mm -hmm. in our lives, the community that I'm in my past version in my pride would just want to tear them apart and defend my kid and rob any future growth um, and rob the community that God has given us to help foster that in my child. Mm -hmm. Well, Kelsey, Mm. I feel like we could talk for another hour. (laughs) We only (laughs) talked for 30 minutes, but is there anything more that you want to share with anyone or a good place to start? I feel like you gave them a good with a meeting place and the friendship questions and is there anything else like a tidbit that you'd want them to have? I think on the parenting front, the last thing that I would say is that um, listening to the Lord um, has brought a lot of freedom in my parenting to comparing to the way other people parent. Mm. And when I listen to the Lord for direction on each specific kid, on what activities they're supposed to do and what school they're supposed to go to and all the different crossroads that we come to as parents and should we have iPhone? Should we not do a technology? Should we, we all come to these crossroads. And I have found that when I bring them to the Lord, when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will bring you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I come to him and I hear his voice and he guides and directs for each kid, their path, and he gives me direction, it frees me from judging the world on what they're doing or feeling like I have to compare myself to other moms and what they're doing, because I'm just going to listen to the voice of the father for my circumstance, for my people and for my house. And that's all I'm responsible for. And it allows me to think, oh, well, the Lord must be telling them something different. And there's Mm -hmm. so much freedom in that. So I just bless um, all the mamas with freedom to know that every house is different. Every personality in marriage is different. All of our home personalities are different. All of our kids are different. And although his scripture is true and there's that, that path of blessing that doesn't change and there's the one way gospel that never changes, this will look differently in every house. And what he tells some people may look a little different than what he tells other people. And there's so much freedom in that. Just read through the Old Testament, New Testament, and see all the different versions. That's right. <laughs> he speaks. Paths. He starts speaking and he ends speaking. The whole scripture is full of God speaking. Yeah, you'll, you'll <laughs> notice it now. And uh, you'll see that, you know, he called Abraham away from his family. He called, you know, he, he gave different instructions, different paths, and it's all about dependency on him and not about a formula. And we all so, have different kingdom assignments. This is exactly it. Yes. For yes. His glory. It's all for his glory. Exactly. Kelsey, thank you so much. You're amazing. I'm so thankful to have you in my community. Well, it is a blessing and pleasure to get to, to, get to do life with you, Heather. I just appreciate the invitation. I had so much fun. Oh, it's a great time. Y'all, maybe this is a two-listen episode. This is maybe a... <laughs> They're going to listen to this a couple times, I think, because it's so good. So helpful. Have a great week, Kelsey. Thank you, Heather. You too. Okay. How are we doing? Was that inspiring to you? Was that confusing? Did that bring up more questions? I would love to hear from you if you would reach out to me, especially if you uh, get my emails. If you go to olaheather.com, I send out emails that go along with each episode and just what's going on with me. Uh, go to olaheather.com, H-O-L-A, heather.com. You can sign up there. Uh, I also post on Instagram the episode graphic, and we can dialogue more about this topic. But I want to support you. I also know that in this season, we are feeling 
so much pressure, particularly as moms, to be all the things, to keep our kids safe, to keep them educated and fed, and also do the jobs that we may have been doing outside the home already that we're doing in the home, trying to do conference calls with kids around. And it's a lot. And so I want to acknowledge all the, the pressures that you're under, and I want to extend a lot of grace to you, that I'm not adding another burden to say, well, now you need to make space to listen to the Lord. No, my hope is that the bar would get lowered of expectations when it comes to being the best quarantine mom, that you could listen to God and ask him, what kind of mom do you need me to be right now? What bar are you setting for me right now? And it's the Lord's standard and not the world's and not Instagram or Pinterest or anybody else's standard that you're able to tune all that out and to zoom in and listen to him for your family. So I'm going to pray over us right now. Lord, I thank you for the time that whoever's listening spent today listening to this episode with Kelsey. I pray, Lord, that you would meet her right where she is and whatever fear, whatever stress, whatever overwhelm that she is feeling, that you would take it from her, that she could hand it to you, she could surrender that to you, and that you would be her peace, that you would be her present help, that you would be the comfort that she needs, that she could talk to someone and verbalize the emotions she's feeling to say out loud the pressure she's under, but that she could also connect with you in a deeper way than she ever has before. I pray that if listening prayer has is something new to her, that something she's not even sure would work for her, that you would remove that barrier, God, and that you would provide an opportunity for her to experiment and try and see what you have to say for her today, Lord. I thank you that because of Christ's work on the cross, the curtain that was in the temple that separated us from the Holy of Holies, from your presence, was torn. And that because of that, we get access to you, God. And through the Holy Spirit, you whisper into our soul places the truth of who we are and who you are. And that is such a gift to modern day believers. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your gospel. I pray that you would quickly resolve and heal those who are sick with this virus that, Lord, I know uh, you can use anything for good and that nothing is outside of your realm and that you are not asleep at the job, but you are present and that you can move in an instant. We praise you and thank you that we have you, God, and we pray that we could be ministers of peace to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm praying that as you listen to the Lord, he gives you what he needs from you to do today, and it may be to be still and to trust him. If you want to try those friendship questions that Kelsey mentioned in this episode, we're going to have those linked in the show notes. You can find those over at don'tmomalone.com. And uh, there's also a few other resources listed for this episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We will have more next week as an interview with hands-free mama, Rachel Stafford. She is going to share with us from her newest book, Live Love Now, which I found super helpful in connecting with my kids during this time of quarantine. All right. Talk to you soon. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. 
If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.